Back to the beat. Bulls beat continues with Derek Sharp. We started those baseball photo shoot interviews on Friday. Remember, if you miss any of the interviews, we post them all to our podcast page. Her Jack Siebert returns as the leading pitcher from last year. The Mink Twins are back. Talk to them at the same time. I think we'll do that on Wednesday's show. I had a chance to talk to a lot of the newcomers. Eric Snow, of course. The vibe on baseball is the offense is going to be lights out. The pitching staff knows if they can just be pretty good, then this is going to be a really good team. So those baseball interviews will continue on Wednesday. We also have a few more softball interviews. And again, if you miss any of them, we post them to our podcast page. I think on Wednesday we'll have the two members of Ken Erickson's team that are representing Team Puerto Rico. That would be Kathy Garcia Soto and Camille Ortiz Martinez. And then next week, we'll actually have play-by-play of the softball squad, which begins its season next Thursday. Well, the basketball season had reached a pretty critical point for the women's basketball squad as they were on the wrong end of a three-game losing streak, which had seen them drop to 10th in the conference. But in a crazy way, and when I told Bridget Miranda this on the air, her eyes kind of crossed. She's like, how is that possible? The Bulls, since they last left the court, had dropped in the standings but their conference outlook actually improved. If your eyes are crossed, I'll tell you how. Because the Bulls had three teams that beat them all lose twice since they last played last Saturday night, which meant they, by attrition, had moved closer to those teams. They had dropped a spot in the standings because they didn't add any wins to their own record, and SMU had grabbed a win and passed them. But look at what happened on Saturday with UTSA, getting beat by 17 by SMU again. That jumped the Mustangs over the Bulls, but it brought UTSA down to 4-4. Four and four. Rice, a team that was battling for first place not too long ago, dropped into a tie for fourth by losing, getting stunned at home by Memphis, 73-66. And don't look now, but Memphis is starting to play better, and that's who the Bulls play next on Thursday, but it dropped the Rice Owls down. Charlotte, a team that was a second away from being 5-0 and in the conference, is now 5-3. and They lost in double overtime on a putback at the buzzer to UTSA when they were ready to go to 5-0. and They got humbled at home by Tulsa. Tulsa all of a sudden is in second place in the conference at 6-2. and So all of these things happening, but the point is all of those teams are now within catch-up range of the Bulls. And none of that seemed to matter because the Bulls were down at halftime to East Carolina, a team that was without its star player, well, one of its two-star players, My My Joiner. Now, we were kind of surprised we didn't know about it. I watched back the beginning of the ESPNU broadcast. They didn't know about it. And frankly, we didn't get a word on what the injury is. It's not mentioned by the East Carolina recap on their website. But the point is, it really did help out the Bulls. She is a force inside, offensively and defensively, every which way. Now, Danae McNeil has been phenomenal in her last two games, has gone for 35 and 30 points and averages nearly 20 a game. And she had a great first half against the Bulls with 21 points. But the Bulls locked her down in the second half. She scored on a steal. She is among the nation's steals leaders, fourth in the country, three and a half per game. So that's how the second half began, and it was 28-20. But then the Bulls started to lock her down, and the shots started to drop. They were dropping for Romy Levy in the first half, but the rest of the team was 2 for 23. It completely changed in the final 20 minutes. Enjoy some of those highlights. Rito, bounce pass pass to Ava, and misses the layup, puts it up and in. Ava Lane, Lutra, Schiphol, 10 those rebounding stats. 
and getting the score back to within two. Now a chance to tie it. Lovey turn around. Jumper! Romy has tied the score, and East Carolina calls a timeout. An 8-0 run for the Bulls. Bulls have the block out. Evelyn Lutzer-Shipball gets to the ball, and you can tell to our right, the Bulls bench is applauding the defensive effort. There's a pass for the lead. Carla Brito from Romy Levy, and the Bulls have the lead. It's 30-28. First lead since jumping ahead early. Oh, That's a drive by Tatiana, and there's another board by Evelyn Lutzer-Shipball. So anybody not named, Janae McNeil on their end, there continues to struggle. Underneath the Brito, lays it in. Carla Brito's had a huge corner with all six of her points. Bulls have their largest lead and can add here. Romy Levy throws it off, Ice back and scores! Romy Levy duping the Pirates. It's a 14-0 run and it's 34-28. So out of the timeout, Wilson Levy was there, popped for a second. Now Brito gets it on the baseline, drives in. Out to Levy, extra pass to Vicky. This is big, yeah! Vicky Blessing, the drought is over. After going 0 for 9, six of those from deep. She drains it wide open, 37-32 Bulls. They have scored 17 in this quarter after just 20 in the first half. That's a nice move and a block. Ariel Wilson with Levy. She has to pick up her dribble. Five, four, Sensier drives in. Out there to Levy, is. wide open for three. Good! Romy Levy pumps her fist, screams with delight, and she is doing her thing. Difference in the third quarter is she had company. And the Bulls put up a 22 spot holding the Pirates to eight. What a massive turnaround, much needed. All of the good things that you can think of for South Florida. After three, it's Bulls 42, Pirates 34. Vicky Blasek behind her back and gets her shot swatted. Now McNeil turns it into a three on two. Wilson takes the charge, Ariel Wilson. So good at doing that. Less than five minutes to go. Now McNeil oh, has it stolen good. by Wilson. Four on one the other way. Will Wilson take it herself? Absolutely, Ariel Wilson with the steal. Showing Danae McNeil that she can do it too. It's an 11 point lead, the Bulls largest. And good for her, Ariel Wilson had to get through three screens that they set for McNeil. The free throw line, that's, that's a good, good looking shot. shot right there. Danny Gonzalez confidently knocks it down. She had not scored, changed that. And the Bulls continue their great half. It's 44 to 34. Brito gets it to Blasek, go, gets it across midcourt. Saw Shipholt, nice bounce pass, and you gotta leave that in, you do. Avalene looks at Shipholt as the Bulls break the pressure. That's a big bucket right there, 47-38. Romy gets it over to Blasek, open three. Yeah, it's feeling pretty good right now. Vicky Blasek couldn't buy a bucket. She's just two for 13, but she's made them when they've really counted. It's 52 to 40. Well, I give her a lot of credit for hanging in there, shooting as a freshman. Mid-season slog, right? You're kind of in there trying to make some shots, and they're not going, and you just line yourself up and take a beautiful shot from the top of the key. Now five, Levy wants to take it herself. Switches hands, lays it up and in. Romy Levy! And by Dexterous on top of everything else. <laughs> 21 points, and it's 54 to 40. Bad pass to both with a third steal in this quarter and they are going to wind this baby down. A well-rounded second half. First half, East Carolina. Danae McNeil, 21 points. The rest of the team, two makes from the floor. One was a banked-in three-point shot. Romy Levy for the Bulls, 5 for 10, 12 points. Rest of the team, 2 for 23 with Blasek going 0 for 7. Much different story, at least for the Bulls, in the final 20 minutes where they went more than 50% from the floor as a team. And three Bulls not named Romy Levy hit multiple buckets, including Eveline Lutz-Shipholt. On the other side, McNeil 1 for 11, the Pirates 4 
for 26 after that steal and, of course, easy ensuing layup to start off the second half that made it 28-20. They were just three for their last 25. And McNeil, who certainly was headed for a fifth 30-point-plus performance, including third in a row, didn't get there. 25 points, actually just six of nine at the line, where in her previous two games, she was a combined 24 for 25. She did lead them with nine rebounds again. They were missing a big piece underneath, and they just didn't have any offense from the rest of the team. To speak of, their most dangerous shooter, Karina Gordon, a freshman who came in with 29 threes, didn't score. They only had one other player score more than two, and that was seven from Talia Weish, and that included that bank shot three. Now, got to mention a key sequence early in the second half that sparked that 14 nothing run. Pirates were still ahead at the time. The other Weish twin sister, Tatiana, elbowed Carla Brito to create some space on the drive to the hoop. Instead of having free throws, upon further review, it was a technical and probably fired up the Bulls just a little bit. Bulls had Blasic end up in double figures with 10 points. Evelyn Loach's ship pult. Seven points, 10 boards. And against a team that forces 25 turnovers a game tied per second in the country, the Bulls only turned it over 14 times and won the points off turnovers battle, 17 to 10. And how about second chance points, 16 to 11 Bulls. It was nine to two Pirates after the first quarter. So they completely changed so many aspects of the game. I wonder if Jose Fernandez had a good halftime speech. We had one guy beating us. And we lost her on coverages, and we needed to have Ariel on the floor to defend her and quit coming to help to foul or to steal or to block a shot. Just play true, come to help, to challenge shots, to wall up. And I told them that, you know, we're getting our asses kicked on the glass. They were much more physical. We were making no contact whatsoever. We weren't pushing back. And that's got nothing to do with coaching, drawing up a play, you know. That's all about effort and accountability. So the glass was a huge concern. I thought we got a body on people. We forced officials to make calls. We didn't force officials to make calls in the first half because we just stood there. I think the message got through. Romy Levy confirmed it. For the most part, he made it very obvious that we were 19% from the floor. And McNeil was, I think, with 21 points out of their 26. So he made it very obvious that if we take her out of the game, we are up by a lot. Ariel did a great job on McNeil in the second half. That's what I think helped us the most, you know, not fouling, rebounding, taking McNeil out of the game. Before we get back to the game, I know Jose sounded ornery there. He was in a great mood after the game. Spent a lot of time with yours truly and Bridget Miranda on the post-game interview, thanking the alumni that showed out and focusing on the fact that the Bulls did what they had to do in the second half. Carla Brito, who it's, let's be honest, been a struggle for of late, averaging less than six a game in conference, but she did get six all in that third quarter. That was important. Incidentally, Levy's scoring average in conference, which is not a small sample size anymore, it's eight games, is 18.1. 18 was her career high, let's see, as recently as mid-December, and now she's averaging that in conference games. Levy did not leave the court the entire game, 40 minutes. There was one brief glimpse towards the end of the first half where it looked like she might get pulled, but nope. And Ariel Wilson played the full second half. She deserves a ton of credit. Here's a stat for you. East Carolina had one assist in the second half. Another one, the Bulls have beaten the Pirates now 12 in a row now. They will play again in Greenville, and if Joyner is back healthy for that game, that 
is going to be a big-time rematch. But for now, 4-4 four and four in the conference, not where you want to be, especially after the Bulls were you know, 11-0 and 0 last year en route to going 15-1 in the league and picked to win it this league. They're not going to win it this year. Although, who knows if they continue to get help. Although, North Texas rolled UAB Sunday in the battle of first-place teams. And so, with the head-to-head loss to North Texas, it might be hard to catch a team that's still on just one defeat in the league. However... Everyone else, all of a sudden, looks catchable, and we've been repeating it. Very important to finish in the top four in the standings so that you only have to win three games for the conference championship. The top four teams get that double bye right into the quarterfinals, and now those teams in second place are only two games up on the Bulls in the loss column with 10 games still to play in conference. We're not at the midway point yet. Tulsa and UAB are 6-2, and two, North Texas 7-1. Guess what? The Bulls still play Tulsa and UAB. They've already beaten Tulsa once. They play UAB this Saturday after playing at Memphis on Thursday. Obviously, we'll talk a lot more about those games on Wednesday's show. For that matter, the three teams tied for third place, all five and three, so just a game ahead of the Bulls. They play two of them, Temple and Rice. Rice coming to the Yingling Center next week. The Bulls will head to Philly after that. So one game separates fourth place from ninth place and then SMU is just a half game behind in 10th place it is still wide open but again the Bulls jump from 10th to a tie for seventh with just one victory and they'll keep shooting up the standings if they keep winning and that is great to see and as we update the show here on the podcast page wanted to wait and see what the new rankings look like as far as computer rankings go it lasted one day the men as great as their season has been because their non-conference schedule didn't result in any computer-boosting victories. And the women, even though they didn't beat any of the top-ranked teams they played, they played a lot of highly-ranked teams. The women had been ranked ahead of the men all year long until the end of the day Saturday had the men 116 and the women 117. Well, after Sunday's results, they're flipped. They're right next to each other in the computer rankings. And hopefully they both end up in the top 100 and go into the postseason somehow, some way. Great to see the men's tennis team pick up a victory against Washington on Sunday after it got swept by the sixth-ranked team in the country, Tennessee, in the ITA kickoff event. And I'll say it, it was strange to see Alvin Todorica, who's jumped into the top 30 nationally, get beat 6-love, six 6-2 six against Tennessee. Now the Volunteers turn around and beat Oklahoma there in the final 16 of this indoor championships of the spring, essentially. So the Bulls got swept quickly and then lost the doubles point, including six love on the three courts. So this was not a good start to the weekend. You see the final score, the Bulls won four to one. You assume they won easily. Nope. <laughs> six singles matches, one of them was straight sets. And that was won by the Bulls, Elijah Cham, 6-3, 6-2. This was anybody's match, and the Bulls prevailed. Second victory was recorded on the three court by Bruno Oliveira. He had lost the second set 6-1, but won the third 6-3. Then Tadorica, who dropped his first set, prevails 6-4 and 7-5 and again with three matches still on the court all could have gone either way the Bulls just needed to win one and they did with Thomas Pavlikovich Smith taking his third set 6-4 on the other two courts I mean Washington had to win all these it was five all in the third set and 6-5 Bulls Eric Revelius in the third set so that was a clutch up victory for the team on Sunday the women had a rough weekend losing as we Thought they might to number three, Georgia, but then also getting shut out by Arizona on Saturday. Quite a few men's tennis teams, including a lot of the newcomers out of the Conference USA, were in that ITA kickoff event, meaning they're some of the best teams in the country. FAU, though, the only one that grabbed a first-round win, then they got beat by third-ranked 
Virginia. Bulls grabbed a, if you will, consolation win. So did Memphis and SMU. It's looking like the conference is going to be strong. Charlotte's women's team got a win in the second round against Oregon. They went to Chapel Hill, where, you know, the number one team in the country advanced. And the other conference teams that participated in this big-time event, Newcomer Rice, along with last year's champ SMU. It's geared for the home teams to advance to the final 16 because there's regional sites, but there were a couple of interesting upsets. Not sure why Iowa State was hosting because the Cyclones are unranked, but third-ranked Oklahoma State took care of them. Actually, Iowa State got swept twice on its home court. Other noteworthy results, Oklahoma got beat 4-3 by California, so Cal with a nice little result. Another host that didn't advance was Tennessee. Now, all four teams on the women's side, Knoxville, are top 25. Southern Cal knocked off the Vols. By the way, that Georgia women's team that beat the Bulls easily on Friday advanced beating South Carolina. For the men, all the hosts advanced except, this was wild, Starkville, Mississippi. The host, 12th-ranked Mississippi State, got beat twice. VCU beat them, but VCU didn't advance because it lost to Arizona State, unranked, which had knocked off FSU. Mostly SEC, ACC, and Pac-12 teams that advanced to the final 16 of that event. But again, cool that the Bulls were in it, and we'll see them both come back home. We'll talk more about them later on in the week. More program records, more victories for track and field. They're all listed on GoUSFBulls.com. 21 top 10 program marks gathered up at the PNC Lenny Lyles Invitational in Louisville. And how about both the men's and the women's 4x4 relay teams winning to wrap up the meet? person that Eric Jenkins told us about, Goodness Aradia wins the triple jump. Shania Benjamin wins the women's long jump. Again, all the details up at GoUSFBulls.com. That's going to wrap up Bulls Beat for Monday. Thanks for listening.